um, tells the Christmas story in a very unexpected way. It's highly symbolic, and he tells it in a way that draws us into the story even from the beginning. And so I want you to listen as we read John's Christmas story from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not that light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But... To all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is John's Christmas story. And this isn't just a story about the birth of Jesus, although that is in here. But this is about the full meaning of everything that Jesus was and is and did. And so John's Christmas story tells the whole story of Jesus. And as we read through this, did you see the symbolism? Did you see the symbolism of light? Um, Let me show you just a couple of verses that we want to focus on. Uh, Verses 4 to to 9, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming in to the world. I didn't actually do this, but if you've counted, maybe there's seven times the word light shows up. John is trying to say that if you want to understand the Christmas story, you can't understand it without understanding light. Light and what it means. The image of light, of saying that Jesus is the true light, it shows that Christmas brings the fulfillment of all of the promises of God. Okay, All the prophecies of the Old Testament. The Old Testament was written over thousands of years. And there are times in the Old Testament where there are predictions made about someone who would come. And John is telling us that the Old Testament prophecies are coming true in Jesus. This image of light, it's the symbol that's used in the Old Testament to predict God's coming salvation. Let me just show you a couple of examples. This is Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 and 6. Again, this is... Something that we read at the beginning, also we sang about. It It says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of darkness, of deep darkness, on them light has shone. 
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the, command, uh, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so we see here that these, the, this prophecy came to be considered to be predicting Jesus. And when Jesus comes, we see that the child born at Christmas is the great light shining. You know, the people who saw him saw Jesus, and it wasn't just a person, it was a great light that was shining, this symbolic light that came. The child born is the Son of God, who is mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Jesus is the light of the world that shines in the darkness of hopelessness. And so here's another couple of prophecies. Um, again, these are prophecies that Bible readers concluded were speaking about the coming of Jesus. In Isaiah 49, verse 6, um, it came to be known that God himself spoke to the Savior before he came. Okay, so this is almost like God the Father and God the Son talking before Jesus ever showed up. Isaiah 49, 6, God says, I will make you, God speaking to the Savior, to the Messiah, or and so this light comes, and there's, it, it's symbolic. It's not just literal light, um, but it's symbolic. The darkness is symbolic. The darkness of brokenness and sin, the darkness of the things that wreck life for us and for community. The light that comes in brings salvation. It brings hope. It brings renewal. It brings forgiveness. And when this light comes, it brings healing, first from a relationship with God, Right? In Jesus, in Jesus, I mean, amazing that this passage has come true. The fact that we're sitting here today, the fact that we're sitting here on the other side of the world from where this was in the Middle East, we are now so many thousand miles away, we are at the ends of the earth, and yet this light is shining here as we talk about Jesus and the coming of Christmas. And when the, the coming when the Savior would come, Isaiah 60 describes what the world would be like, what it would be like when it comes. It says, Isaiah 60, verse 19, The sun shall be no more your light by day, nor brightness, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light, but the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. So when this happens, we will have a light shine on us, the presence of God and his word, his presence, what he says to us, a relationship with him, will be for us hope. It will be for us direction. It will be for us salvation and freedom and forgiveness and acceptance, power and courage. Like these are things that God provides for us as he lights up our lives. And so John 1 is telling us that the first Christmas meant that this light that was being promised has come. That Jesus is the light of the world. That God's prophecies come true in Jesus. And that's why the first candle in the Advent wreath is the prophecy candle. Now, when Jesus was born, life was very dark. Okay? The earth was full of violence and oppression. Kind of like it is now. Um, poverty... <laughs> Poverty was a, was, was a reality for most of the people in the world, except for a handful of elites, kind of like it is now. Um, in Israel, there were people who were enslaved, and they were so heavily taxed by the oppressive Roman government 
just they struggled under the weight to live and provide for themselves. Kind of like now. Um, and people felt far from God. They believed that their circumstances were a sign of God's judgment and that he wasn't pleased with them. I mean, this was the reality into which Jesus was born. And we, we sing about this, right? This is a famous Christmas carol, Long Lay the World in Sin and Error Pining Till He Appeared and the Soul Felt Its Worst. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Jesus came and brought a new and glorious morn. That's what John wants us to know when he tells us the Christmas story. Look again at verses 5 and 9. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And so this new dawn, first and foremost, it brings people back to God. Christmas means that when we run away, whether intentionally or unintentionally, when we leave God, God pursues us. Jesus came to earth to be God in the flesh. Jesus comes to earth to come and meet us and to find us and to seek us out to bring us back to God. And this is what we need today. Today, we live in a world where people have lost their way. Some of us, some of you have simply, you, you've wandered off from God. Some of you didn't mean to, but you're so busy that God gets left behind. Some of you are pursuing things without God, or regardless of what God thinks. Some of you pursue work and career without God. Um, others are pursuing dating relationships or marriage or children even without God. There are some who have intentionally rejected God and said, I don't want the God that has come in Jesus. And they either pursue other gods that are more suited to their liking, um, or they just don't pursue any sort of spirituality. You want to ask yourself, is there anything that you want in life more than God? Is there anything that in your mind comes is more important to you than God in your life? This is an important question because, again, for us, Christmas is about light. And when we see that Christmas is about light, then when we reject God, when we ignore God, when we wander away from God, when we choose to not think about God so that we can think about other things and do other things, what we're doing is we are either drifting away from the light Right? Either we're walking away into darkness or, or I mean, we are outright telling God we don't want him to live near us. I was talking to somebody yesterday and this person said to me, I, I just have this feeling like if what the Bible says is true, then people don't really understand how bad sin is. So I think you're right. You know, we think that sin is just us breaking rules. You know, we have this list of rules that God sort of arbitrarily tacked up on a board somewhere in heaven, and he's just marking us off every time. He's like Santa Claus, right? 
saying, oh, bad guy, bad guy, bad guy, you know, and, and that's not what it is. I mean, God wants the world to be full of light. He wants the world to be full of joy and happiness and open relationships, right? Where we're not hiding what we do, we're not hiding what we think or feel, but we can be open and honest with each other. Like, God wants to fill the world with light. He wants us to be characterized by light, where we can stand in the presence of his glory blameless and with great joy. Like, that's God's design. And when we sin, when you sin, what you're doing is you're bringing the darkness into your life. You're bringing darkness into your relationships, into your work life. Um, and that darkness takes root, and it, it affects who we are. The Christmas story says that Jesus came to wake us up. Jesus came to bring us back, to help us realize like what we're doing. He came to shine the light of God's presence back into our lives. Christmas means that God is real, and even more real than thinking he's up there in the sky somewhere. He came down to earth. That's the Christmas story. It reminds us that God is real and that he cares so much about us. He cares so much about the world that he made that he came and entered into it. That he took on earthliness. He took on flesh. He took on humanity. I mean, this is why we celebrate. We celebrate Christmas because God became human. Now, when Jesus came, when, when, when the Christmas story began to unfold, it didn't happen like anyone expected. Like Christmas was an incredibly unexpected event. Um, when Jesus came, he, he didn't come as we expected. Let me just show you a couple of ways. People, when Jesus, was, when, when the Messiah was supposed to come, what people expected was, they expected a Savior to destroy their enemies. But instead of being what they expected, Jesus came and was a Savior that they needed. Right? And so Jesus didn't come destroying his enemies. He came to destroy the power of sin. They expected a Savior who would triumph. But what they needed was a Savior who understood suffering. They expected a Savior on a throne. But what the Christmas story tells us is that the Savior that was needed came in a manger. When you think about the pomp and the splendor and then the requisite arrogance that goes along with the throne, that goes along with the way that ruling was done back then. And what we got in Jesus was humble, was a servant, was someone who, I mean, there was no place for them. If anyone famous shows up anywhere today, the hotel will find a room for them. They will make a way. And it's almost as though Jesus knew that that's not the case for so many people on earth. That for so many of us, life doesn't just work out for us. And so life didn't work out for him. People expected a throne. They needed a savior in a manger who could identify with what life was like for us. People expected that the savior would come and judge sinners. But what they needed was a savior who would identify with sinners. And along these lines, they expected a savior to either judge or save 
them, those people. But what they needed was a Savior who would save us. When Jesus was around, a lot of the darkness manifested itself in people thinking, oh, well, there's just the incredible amount of judging that went on back then. Some people thought, well, you're just not obedient enough. Or you just don't understand that you need to leave the culture and the city and go out into a commune and get yourself holy and righteous before God. And there were other people who said, you know what, you need to pick up arms and fight against the enemy of Rome. And, and these people formed political parties. And they thought that they were right. And they were. each one of them was expecting a savior that looked a little bit different that would come and do exactly what they were doing but be successful. And yet when Jesus came, one of his messages was, you know what, whoever you are, I have something to say to you. They are not the problem. You are part of the problem. And so there was unexpected love from Jesus. He had an unexpected mission and purpose. And it went to unexpected recipients. This is the Christmas story that John is telling us. I mean, here's the tragedy in verse 11. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. The people that God made all these promises to, the people that God had said, look, I will send you, I will send you, I will send you. He'll look like this. He'll be this way. He will act in this way. He'll bring this salvation. He will make life new. He came to his own, and the people that had the book full of his promises, they rejected him. They saw the difference between what they expected and what Jesus said they needed, and they rejected him. The light of his life shone into their lives, <clears throat> and they didn't receive it. They turned away from Jesus. They rejected his humility. They rejected the fact that he identified with broken and sinful people. And ultimately, they crucified him. But here's the good news. The good news is verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so those who received in him, it was, it was too extravagant. It was too personal. It was too expensive for God himself to suffer. In some ways, they were as incredulous. They couldn't believe it either, that Jesus would come and be humble, that Jesus would come and serve, that Jesus would come and wrap his arms around people who needed help. The difference was that even though they didn't expect it, when they saw Jesus, they believed him. They believed that what Jesus brought was something different and something new, and they ordered their lives around him and his message. They said, you know what, there's something here that I've never seen before. There is something about being around Jesus that I've never experienced before. When I listen to him, there's something in my heart that rings out that says, God, this is the way life is supposed to be. And I think... It's in all of us to want someone just to come and like wipe the slate clean and fix it all and, 
and make it perfect for us. And, and the problem is, and sort of the, I think even the mystery of Jesus coming at all, was that if God were to do that, then we'd all get swept away with the stuff that needs fixing. And so Jesus comes in this mysterious way where he has the authority of God and yet expresses the authority of God by coming and suffering, humbly serving. Because God doesn't want to just remove sin from the world. He wants to remove sin from sinners so that we can have this light shine into our hearts. So I want to say as this light shines, don't avoid Jesus, but come closer to him. Lean into this light. I know it can be scary. The Bible is a verse in the Bible that says that even the darkness is not dark to God. The night is as bright as the day. And so everything is laid open and bare before God. God sees everything, which sometimes can be a really scary thought. But God knows everything. He sees into all of the dark places of our hearts and our minds, of our lives, the things that we do, the things that we think, the things that we say. He sees it all. And he sees it all because he wants us to lean closer to him so that he can drive that darkness away. That's unexpected. So many people, when they hear about God and they hear about the God of the Bible who is opposed to sin and wants to fix sin, they think that God will just destroy them. They think that God is angry with them. And yet, when we see the Christmas story that John is telling us, Jesus comes and leans in closer so that we who are hiding in darkness, we who have areas of darkness in our lives, in our hearts, if we let him in, that darkness will go away. That's unexpected. Jesus is this unexpected gift at Christmas. I, um, I was talking to a friend of mine, and I had never heard her backstory. And recently she told me that um, as she grew up, she was abused and beaten by first her mother and then by her stepfather. And she told me that there is one instance that stands out particularly to her with the beatings that she received on a regular basis. She said um, she was huddled in a corner protecting her head and her face. And she knew her legs were exposed and that her mom would go after those. And that's what her mom did. And she was like ruthlessly beating her in the legs. And she said in that moment, that she felt something come over her. Um, she felt this. She said she felt a loving presence that was completely outside of me. It came over her, and she was convinced that it would protect her in the midst of the beatings that she was enduring. And she said this. She said, I came to understand later that that presence was God. And from that point on, I knew that God loved me and was going to protect me through all of it. This is light shining in the darkness. And the verse says the darkness has not overcome it. She told me that, you know, in, I mean, for her, 
it's so easy for us. We think we know what we need. We think what we need is relief. He's like, I, th- I thought what I needed was like to escape. And yet God gave me an unexpected gift. God gave me his own presence in a way that was so much better because I have never, ever forgotten that God is always with me, that God loves me, and that God protects me. And if he had just stopped the beatings, I may not have ever learned that lesson. And so this unexpected gift in the midst of the darkness was the light of Jesus shining brightly. Now, it says in um, it says in verse four, it says, "In him was life." This is Jesus. In Jesus was life, and the life was the light of men. And so, this idea is that when we follow Jesus, we won't be in darkness, um, but we'll have His light, right? So, we're not dark anymore. God's presence is there. God's truth is there. God's um, God speaks into us so that, um, so that we're, we're not in the dark, we're not confused, we know what God thinks, but his light gives us life, okay? Just like this friend, when the light comes in, it brings life, it brings joy. There's something new that's, that comes in when this light comes. It's not just, again, it's not just physical light that dawns and all of a sudden it's not dark anymore, but it's the presence of God. It's, it's Jesus' own presence that comes and brings life. It brings freedom. Like all of a sudden, it will begin to change the way you think about stuff. It'll change the way you think about your relationships. It'll change the way you think about the, the, the like work. It changes how you think about interacting with people. You stop wanting to get away with things because you realize like if Jesus's light is here, you don't want to bring sin into that light. Um, and if Jesus loves you and cares for you and protects you, then you can be honest even if you're going to be hurt. Jesus gives us his presence, and it makes us, it's Jesus' work that makes us perfect. It makes us blameless with great joy in the light of God's presence. And it's not, again, because we're perfect, but it's because Jesus is perfect, and Jesus is God's unexpected gift at Christmas. Christmas is God's unexpected gift that brings eternal life to the world. And this is a life that lasts forever. It's God's life in you. It's it's human life that's infused with the life of God. And so God's love is in you. God's patience is in you. And when you believe in Jesus, by his spirit, you begin to experience more now and it changes you from the inside out. Now, all you need to do, verse 12 says, all you need to do is to receive him, to believe in his name. And so for those of you who are here and you're not Christians, I want you to believe in Jesus. Believe that he came that first Christmas. Believe that he came because God loves you so much. He didn't want you to die in the darkness. But he came that you would have life. If you believe that, if you trust Jesus and say, I'm going to follow you, you become a child of God. Okay. 
And once you receive this life, once this light begins to shine on you, then it gives you a role to play. It gives you a role to play, and this is in verse 7. It's talking about John the Baptist, um, but it applies to us. It says, John came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. So we're the same way. We have the light. We aren't the light, but we have the light, and we want to bear witness to it. And so we want to shine this light of the world during Advent. Jesus' light comes to us so that we would show his light to others. Um, This is a great quote from N.T. Wright. He said this, he said, The word challenged the darkness before creation and now challenges the darkness that is found tragically within creation itself. So there isn't, I mean, when we experience darkness, Jesus' light comes and exposes our darkness and we begin to grow. But then Jesus' light then calls us to go into the dark places of the world, into the dark places in our friends' lives, into the dark places in our families' lives, into the dark places, into our city, right? And bring this light so that we can challenge the darkness and say life doesn't have to be this way. We have some folks who are going to come forward and they're going to pass out. We have an unexpected gift for you, okay? We as the church have an unexpected gift. Um, They're going to come with these baskets. I want you to take one of the things that's in the basket and pass it down. So we want to shine the light of Jesus together during this Advent series. And so we are going to give you a Christmas light. A Christmas light. Tagged with our logo and the phrase light of the world. We're doing this, it's like John uses the symbol of light, token of light, right? This is a symbol. It's like John uses the symbol of light to tell the Christmas story. We are going to give you this light. We want you to carry this around with you, put it somewhere where you'll be able to see it over the course of Advent, okay? So you could put it in your bathroom, you you know, where you shave, you can put it in your car, you can carry it around if you'd like, Um, you can put it on a chain around your neck. You want to just put it somewhere where you're going to see this regularly. And you want it to remind you that because of Jesus' unexpected gift of himself, he now, you now have his light, and you can shine his light to others. So, I want you to take this light, and I want you to be the light of the world this week. Okay? I want you to shine the light of Jesus. In fact, each week of Advent, over the next four weeks, we're going to give you a homework assignment. Okay? We're going to give you an assignment. Um, We're going to send you out with Jesus to be the light of Jesus in our city. And so here's what I want you to do this week. This week, I want you to give someone an unexpected gift. Okay? This is your homework. The week begins now. The week ends on Saturday at 11.59 p.m. 
okay? If you wait till midnight, then you're on next week's assignment. You don't have that yet. Uh, but no, this week, I want you to give someone an unexpected gift, okay? So I want you to think Christmas is coming early for someone um, in your life. Again, this is someone that isn't expecting it. Someone who doesn't expect to get a gift from you, give them a gift. It could be a physical gift. You know, we actually give them something. It could be a gift card, some kind of present. Um, it could be a note or a card that you give to someone who's not, again, is not expecting it. Um, and when you give it to them, I want you to tell them Christmas comes early for you. Um, tell them our church is trying to take Christmas seriously this year. And we want people to know that at Christmas, God gave an unexpected gift. And so we are trying to share that part of Christmas with others. Okay? Just that simple. Um, what's exciting about this is that uh, we're not the only ones doing this. So there are two churches that are within a half a mile of us. Mosaic San Diego that meets just down the street. Um, and then also New City Church that meets at San Diego High School. So just up the street. Um, they're also doing this uh, these four weeks. And... Um, and we've worked together on what we're going to be asking you to do. So this week, um, so we're doing this. And so we basically, like, we got together and we said, how can we fill San Diego with the light of Jesus this Advent season? That's what we said was an unexpected gift. Act and live in ways that would spread the light of Jesus. And if Christmas was an unexpected gift, then we want to do that. We want to show that in tangible ways. And so that's the first thing I want you to do. And then the second thing that I'd like you to do is I want you to share your story on social media, okay? Take a picture of the person with that you gave the gift to. If you want to tell a little bit of a story about it, you can. The, the point of this isn't to brag about what you did, but it's to brag about the unexpected gift of Jesus at Christmas. Um, and whether you do it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, use the hashtag Harbor City Light, because that's what we are going to become. And then, so the last thing, this isn't number three there, but then the other, the last thing I want you to do is I want you to come back next week, okay? Because the homework assignment doesn't finish until next week. Next week, when you walk into the worship space, there are going to be two baskets, okay? Two baskets. One of the baskets is going to be filled with light bulbs that kind of look like this, but are a little different. Um, they're, they're real and usable. Um, and then the other basket's going to be empty, if you have done the homework assignment, I want you, you can do this, it's not like a fanfare, don't like shout out, hey everybody, I did it! I mean, feel free to share your story, that'd be awesome, but, but I want you to take a light bulb from the basket with all the light bulbs in it, and I want you to put it into the empty basket. And I get it, once someone does it, the other basket won't be empty, but you get the point, right? There's going to be baskets full of them, and hopefully they'll all get transferred to the one that starts out being empty. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Here's what we're going to do with those light bulbs. We are going to take those light bulbs, and we're actually going to put them into our Christmas tree during the dismissal time. When the kids go up and we all greet each other, we're going to have, we're going to bring the lights onto the tree, and then we are going to light up the tree to see how much of the city we have been able to bring the light of Jesus to over the last week. Make sense? So this is us with some accountability. Oh, my tag just broke. 
fell out and it struck a few tenants. Um, so we want this tree to be full <clears throat> next week, the week after, the week after. We're going to just keep adding to it every week. Okay, each week you're going to get an assignment. If you do it, you're going to take a bulb, put it in the other basket. We're going to put all those bulbs onto the tree. And by the time Christmas rolls around, my hope is that we will be able to say, hey, not what a bright tree, but we'll be able to say, wow, every single light that's on that tree represents us sharing the light of Jesus in our city so that he would be known, so that he would be famous, so that people would be drawn to go. Um, that's your assignment. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for being the light of the world. We thank you that in the midst of our own darkness and the darkness of the world, that you came and rescued us. Jesus, I pray that as we receive your light, that you would, that you would move us and compel us. Lord, even right now, put someone on our hearts and minds. Bring to mind someone who wouldn't expect a gift, but who would be touched by that gift. And help us to show what a great example of your grace and your kindness. Lord, lead us and light us so that we might shine your light for others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We have now a time where we